against a Roman popery. And they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. We're on a mission from God. I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jackwagon. Coming to you live from his padded cell high atop Bethel Church, the most heralded, the most despised talk show in all of human history. This is the talk show Hell Hates. This is Pastor Mike Online. And here we are once again coming to you live, although limited live, from our top secret broadcasting bunker. Uh, I tell you, they, the, the CIA, the NSA, the Naval Intelligence Services, they all must have, fi- the Vatican, they must have figured out where we were broadcasting from. We were broadcasting from Facebook and they must have figured, you know who they are, don't you? they it's it's they it's always they they are the ones who killed kennedy they are the ones who faked the moon landing they are the ones who blew up the uh murrah building in oklahoma city they are the ones who do all of these terrible things i don't know what's the matter sunday morning if i if i recall correctly sunday morning Everything was fine. We streamed like we always do. I don't think I said anything of a controversial nature, but who knows? Um, but then all of a sudden, Sunday afternoon, and I'm ready to go. And now Facebook, for some reason, I can't get... Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I can't get Wirecast, which is the software that I'm using right now. I can't get uh, Wirecast to, um, to log in to Facebook, no matter what I do. And it's like nothing. We didn't change anything from Sunday morning to Sunday afternoon. We didn't change nothing. Let's see if I can do... How do I do this here? How do I... I don't even know how to live stream on Facebook on my on my phone. Man, I'm like... I'm still like living in dinosaur 20th century. Oh, here we go. Turn, turn the camera around, Hoggy. There we go. Go live. Three, two, one. All right, I'm going to put that phone. Let me wipe that off. Hang on a second. I got one of those screen protectors on here, and it's dirty. And I can't get it. I got a fuzzy, hazy. There. Those of you who want to see me on Facebook, I'm, I'm, you can see me on Facebook. All right. 
But but other than that, I don't know. You see, I can live stream with my phone. So I know they haven't canceled me. Facebook hasn't blocked me from live streaming. But for some reason, software, they're not sprechen the same Deutsch, okay? So I don't know what to do about it. We'll look into If you've got any helps at all, I would most certainly appreciate it because uh, we want to get back. Uh, it's To me, it's important. Uh, although Sermon Audio has been a fantastic company to work with, um, and we've almost never had any problems whatsoever out of Sermon Audio. The truth of it is, Sermon Audio doesn't reach out to billions of people around the world. It just simply doesn't do it. And <clears throat> so that's what we want. We want to be, we want to be right on the corner of where everybody else is going to walk by, you know, in, in the cyber universe. We want them to walk by and say, huh, I wonder what that's all about. And then listen and watch and either be blessed or go, Hoggard, he's such an idiot. Why do people watch him? Either way, either way, there is no such thing as bad publicity. So anyway, uh, if you've got any ideas, um, it may be I need to upgrade Wirecast. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. But anyway, good to be with you today, the beginning of a uh, of a brand new week. I've got um, some family news, some very serious uh, family news to share. Um, my granddaughter, the oldest granddaughter, Michaela, uh, is in the hospital right now. Um, she went, let's see, when did she go? Um, I'm going to say the other day. I'm just drawing a blank right now. But anyway, she went into, uh, oh, it was early, early, early in the morning is what happened. Uh, that her mom took her to the local hospital here. Uh, they thought it was appendicitis. Uh, they gave her the million-dollar workup and decided it wasn't appendicitis. And so they sent her uh, by ambulance up to Children's Hospital, um, which is uh, probably one of the top uh, pediatric hospitals in the country, not just in the St. Louis area, but in the country. And uh, they've got some really good doctors that are working with her up there. Um, she is, um, I, all, I know, all I know to say is, is that she is just very, very bloated uh, in her belly with blood. And uh, we don't know exactly why. And so it's a very, very serious situation here. You have uh, My daughter, Alicia, is dealing with situations on, of her own um, and her health issues and so on. And now her, grand, her daughter, my granddaughter, Michaela, um, is also experiencing some, some very serious uh, medical issues. 
And so people, my friends, my brothers and sisters, the people who care about us, please pray. If you think of us, pray for Michaela. Pray for Alicia. Pray for Michael. That whole family. Um, because the devil surely is raining down fire uh, on them. Now, speaking of that fire, uh, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today. Let me change this. There we go. At least that still works. Um, anyway, I want to, I want to, I've talked about this before, but I, it's been a while. I want to talk about it again. Um, the idea that fire is literally going to fall down from heaven. Where does that come from? Who decides that? What is it? And so on. I'm going to put a picture up on the screen for you. Um, and that picture looks like this. Okay? I'll give you five free DVDs. Five, okay? If you can tell me who that is. All of our DVDs are free, so I don't, I don't care. That is a character named Prometheus. You might recognize the phrase Theus in his name. Pro. Prometheus, okay, sort of a demigod, and Prometheus, according to mythology, looks at the earth and says, boy, that's not really fair. All the people of earth, they're down there freezing to death, it's cold, it's wintertime, they're, all they have is just animal furs, and then you've got the anti-animal fur people that are protesting everywhere. So, you know, they have to come up with fake fur and all this. But people are freezing to death because they have no fire. So Prometheus sees in heaven that the gods are all sitting back and I don't know why, every time you see a painting or a sculptor of some Greek or Roman deity, almost always ain't got no clothes on whatsoever. Not a stitch of clothing, except maybe, as you see here with Prometheus, the wind happened to be blowing just exactly right when whoever painted this painting, and he did it real fast too. And the wind blew just at right time to cover up his loins. And so he drew that. And Prometheus is going, well, I'm glad the wind blew there. That would have been embarrassing. But anyway, Prometheus looks at the, at the world of the gods up in the heavens. And all the gods are reclining and they're eating grapes and drinking wine. And, and they've got fire. 
And Prometheus is like, hey, can't we give fire to the humans? And they say, hey, Prometheus, we can't give fire to the humans. What do you want? You want them to be warm? You want them to survive? You want them to, to keep living? Well, we can't have that. Now, the fire that Prometheus wants to give mankind from heaven, mind you, is not the fire that you and I commonly refer to as fire. It's not the fire that you think it is. Even though the the story, the myth, is intended to make you think that it's the common fire that we, we now take for granted all the time here on this lowly earth that we live on. It's not the same. It's a different, different type of fire. And I'm going to show you that by way of, uh, let me do this again. We're going to go to Scripture. Playing the part of Prometheus in Genesis chapter 3 will be Lucifer, the serpent. What does Lucifer mean? Light bearer. And so here is Lucifer. He's Prometheus. Adam and Eve are the humans. The Most High God... Jehovah, King of kings, Lord of lords, is the the God of all gods, all right? He is the most high over every other God that there is. He is God. And so Satan, Lucifer, the dragon, the serpent, goes to Eve. Now, in this story, Lucifer is going to bear the light of the fire from heaven and bring it down to the earth. And the fire that he's going to ignite, the light that he's going to get people to see is his version of a truth that he believes or he wants mankind to have that God, according to Lucifer, won't let man have. Look at the story. And this, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, Yea, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Yea, ye shall not surely die. Contradiction right there. God said, you shall surely die. Lucifer says, you shall not surely die. 
So then it's left up to Eve now to determine who's lying and who's telling the truth. You shall not surely die, for God doth know. Here it is right here. Here's the fire of Prometheus. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes, boing, shall be opened. Ooh. And you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, think about that. Ponder that for a minute. The, let, me, let me get rid of this, and let's go back to Prometheus. The fire, again, the fire that Prometheus wants to give mankind. He sees mankind, and man is in a desperate, desperate situation. He's not doing well at all. And Prometheus is saying, if they could just have the fire of the gods, well, then man would do much better than he is now. Man would thrive. Man would be uh, rich and healthy and live longer lives and on and on and on, promising all of these wonderful things that everybody born into this world, they all want. And it's true. Isn't it true that we all want to live a, a, a healthy life? We want to live a carefree life. We want to live a life that where we don't have enemies that we're constantly striving against all the time. We want to live a life where our past doesn't catch up with us. Am I right? We want to live a life without guilt. We want to live a life where we can do whatever we want and not be held accountable for it. That's the kind of life that Lucifer was offering Eve. It's the kind of fire that Prometheus wanted to bring down from heaven. So, I want you to think of this, this fire in a different light. <laughs> That's a joke. And my iPad won't work today. I mean, it just simply won't. I can't get it to come on. I think it's time to send this to iPad heaven. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, so Prometheus, you understand the story now, maybe, is that the fire that, uh, and I'm getting interference now from somewhere. Here we go. Is that better? Yeah, it's better. The fire that Prometheus wants to bring down from the heaven to the earth is the fire of enlightenment. The fire of the knowledge, having your eyes opened so that you see things the way the gods see them and you have the abilities that the gods have. You have a position with the gods where you're almost equal to them. 
and you don't have to be afraid of being punished for all of eternity for your sins. Sounds like a better deal to most people, but it's not. Lucifer is not able to deliver that. Neither is Prometheus. And so anyway, this idea of fire coming down from heaven. There is uh, Rockefeller Plaza. Again, that's Prometheus. And oh, isn't it amazing that as the sculptor was carving this all out, making a mold to pour whatever, I, I don't know if that's gold or what, but making a mold to pour whatever, maybe started out with copper or bronze and then maybe overlaid it with gold, I don't know. But it just so happened that the wind caught this piece of cloth and it covered him and at that exact moment. Because it's like all the gods, there they are, wearing, they're practically naked. Why? Anyway, notice Prometheus has fire in his hand. Rockefeller Plaza, uh, that's where, uh, let's see, the T Today Show, I believe, uh, is uh, broadcast from. Uh, it's where, when David Letterman had his show, I think it was at Rockefeller Plaza. Uh, but anyway, that's a very, very famous place in New York City is uh, Rockefeller Plaza, and they feature Prometheus there. Uh, it's an it's an ode to a god that doesn't exist, but they want you to think it does. The fire that Prometheus has in relation to what goes on in this building is the fire of enlightenment that comes from television broadcasting, broadcasting the news, commercials, broadcasting um, talk shows, and so on. All of it is meant to alter your perception of how this world really is. I want, you to, I want you to think for a minute at what our world would be like right now if there was no such thing as radio waves, TV waves, carrier waves of any kind that carried voice or music or video images. What would our world be like right now if mass media could not reach to the millions and billions of people that it reaches every day? What would our world be like? It certainly wouldn't look anything like it looks now, without a doubt. So, the concept of Prometheus bringing fire down from the heavens and giving it to mankind. Of course, he had a price to pay for that. The gods were mad at him for doing that. And they, they punished him for that. 
but you understand now that the fire that he brings is not just a fire that that lights firewood and people can get around it and get warm and then build you know iron boxes where they can put wood in and and the the wood stove would heat up and they could cook their meals on it and all kinds of things mankind's bettering himself now he's going to live longer now but it's not just that it's the fire of enlightenment the fire of knowledge the fire of wisdom the fire of understanding once that gets embedded into a man's heart he tends to believe whatever the fire brought to him is all about he tends to believe that so notice this now revelation 13 and i beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. That's what this is. Okay? Somebody's going to get a screen capture of that and say, Hoggard's in the Illuminati. We knew it. We knew it all along. Okay, whatever. But that's what that symbol is. It's the two horns of the lamb that the false prophet has. Okay? Uh, and he exerciseth, verse 12, he, he had two horns like a lamb, he spake as a dragon, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. We know that the beast receives a deadly wound and I guess I would assume he dies. But then the false prophet is able to cure that deadly wound in his head and bring him back to life again. So now he's alive. And uh, he, may have, he may have stories to tell people about what he saw in the realm of the dead and, and the things that are awaiting mankind and so on. And by the way, he will more than likely convince everybody of whatever he says hell is like, the afterlife is like. He'll be able to convince them. Why? Because allegedly he's been there. And then he came back to life. And now he's going to tell everybody what it's like in the afterlife. And I, I would just almost guarantee you a thousand bucks. Boy, it's going to take a lot of hunting to get a thousand bucks. But anyway, I would almost bet you a thousand bucks that the, um, the beast having gone through the cycle of life, death, and then life again, that he would tell uh, some, some form of story about the afterlife that does not in any way match what the scriptures say about what's, what happens to people when they die. In other words, he's going to change, he's going to alter their outcome so that he'll convince people 
And this is already being done. And I'm just guessing here. But if I were to guess, I would say that the beast would tell people, hey, look, I know you're all afraid to die. Boy, I, I was too. But when I went through it, it was like I wasn't afraid of all, at all. I, I had a, um, a spirit guide that showed me around all through the lower parts of the earth. And hell isn't what you think it is. You know, the Christian fundamentalists, they made hell into this bad place. And so then he starts out with a song from ACDC. Hell ain't no bad place to be. I never heard the song before. I just know that part of it. Hell ain't no bad place to be. He's going to probably sing that song to him and say, it really isn't. It's pretty cool down in, down in hell. And people are going to go, yeah, rock and roll, baby. That's what they're going to do. But he's going to lie to everybody and convince them that even if they go to hell, it's no big deal. Or he'll try this one. The Jehovah's Witness, the Mormons, possibly other groups, their version of what happens after you die goes something like this. You die. You wake up. You're standing before the throne of God. God then takes you, shakes you, and says, Look, I told you to serve me, and you didn't do it. See that hell down there? Do you want to go to that? Huh? Huh? Answer me. No, I don't want to go there. Ah, shut up. And then supposedly God's going to say, Now I'm giving you one more chance. Do you want to go to hell? No, I don't want to go to hell. All right, then. Repent, worship me, and I'll let you go to heaven. I know Jehovah's Witnesses believe that. I know Mormons believe that. People, if I believed that, I would not be here today. I would not. And you wouldn't either. Be honest. You wouldn't. Your flesh, your flesh would be like, come on, let's party. But there's a danger in not believing the hell of the Bible. The hell of hell. Okay? There's danger in not believing what the Bible said. So anyway, back to uh, Revelation. And in verse 12, he, he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and he causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Verse 13, 13, 13. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Heaven? Fire comes down from heaven, he makes that happen so that everybody can see it. 
And when they do, they go, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. He's, he's got the power. He is God's man. Look at what he did. He's showing us signs and wonders. And the entire world is going to be fooled into believing whatever he says. You know, I haven't done this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. No, I haven't. I'm not sure what that means. I know in, see, that's Revelation 13, 13. I know in Genesis 13, 13. Oh, you like this. If you haven't seen this one, buddy, you'll like this one. Genesis 13, verse 13. I'm going to under, I'm going to underline it all. The computer counts it for me. It's exactly 13 words. So in the 13th chapter of the 13th verse, there are 13 words. And you want to think that the scholars did that? Or that it happened by accident? Then look at what it says. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Try that one on. Uh, I just, that verse just looks like it belongs there. And the number of words, to me, look like they are the exact number of words that if I were God, that's that's the words that I would use. I would put 13 words in the 13th verse of the 13th chapter and watch people go, Oh, those King James people, I tell you. Okay? All right. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. First Kings 18, verse 22. Look at this one. This is fire coming down from heaven. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under and call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the and the God that answereth by fire Let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. So what what was the sign here? It was that God was going to send fire down from heaven and consume everything. Um, Let's see here. Let me get back to this. There we go. Oh, I already have Genesis 13, 13 there. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. 13 words. Genesis 19, 23. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and, and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon 
the ground. Um, yeah. Fire from heaven coming down. Is it a sign of a blessing or is it the sign of a curse? When the fire came down uh, in Elijah's day, it might have been a blessing to a lot of the people, but to the 450 prophets of Baal, what happened to them? They all got killed. Every one of them got killed. So, and then we have here in Sodom, when fire comes down upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire, what happens? Everybody in Sodom and Gomorrah, they also got killed. Every one of them, except Lot and his three, his two daughters. Excuse me, I said three, I meant two. Unbelievable. You know, I just, just kind of think about this for a minute, people. The fact that, let's say, that out of the four cities, you had Sodom, Gomorrah, uh, Ad, Adma, and Zebulun, I think, is the other two. Four major cities. Let's say that there was 50,000 people per city. I'm just guessing here. That's 200,000 people. That in a matter of minutes, their whole life was snuffed out. Everything they had, everything that they were, everything, gone just like that. Because sulfur which is what brimstone is. Uh, and I've, I've, seen, uh, I've seen Ron Wyatt. He, he believed that uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were right along the, uh, the western bank of the Red Sea. And um, he showed there laying all over the place these little balls of sulfur that were still there. And he would light them, and they would just burn intensely with intense heat. Uh, sulfur burns very, very, very hot. And it literally reduced everything in those cities to nothing but ashes. Some of the pieces of the building structures can be seen to this day because... Number one, no one's ever lived there again, which is what God said. And number two, it hardly ever rains there. And so with no rain to wash away any of the evidence, you still have little bits and pieces left over of some of the structures that made the city what it was. Um you just you and you have evidence there of the, the balls of sulfur that were there and once they they would light them and they would show just how hot those things burnt i mean they burnt hot there literally was 
no one escaping except Lot and his two daughters. Now, his wife, she could have made it, yet she turned back. God turned her into a pillar of salt. Um, Lot's sons-in-law, who were betrothed to his two daughters, they could have left with him. They chose to stay behind. The men of Sodom, we won't even talk about that. But all they wanted to do with the angels, it's just sickening. When God sends fire down from heaven, and I believe that he's going to do it yet again in the future. Look at Jude chapter 1, verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. Woo! Wait till you hear what that means. Going after strange flesh are set forth for an example at suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. What is strange, strange flesh? Well, it would belong to a stranger, right? I won't read all 211 verses that have the word stranger in it. We know that Abram was a stranger in that land. Um, the other word for stranger, let's see here if I find a good one. I'm a stranger. Okay, right here. Genesis 23, 4. I'm a stranger and a sojourner with you. Give me a possession of a burying place with you. So this is Abraham asking uh, the men who, who owned the cave of Machpelah if Abraham could use it for a resting place for, for his family, for a burying place. And they finally said, okay. They, they, and he, Abraham paid the price. They said, oh, you don't have to pay it. Abraham said, well, take it anyway. Okay, we'll take it. And they took it. Must have been a pretty good chunk of change. But Abraham finally had a burying place for him and his offspring. Uh, I think Sarah was buried there and so on. Jacob, Isaac and Jacob buried there. But anyway, they're all buried in this, in this cave, which was bought by an alien. Because the only word in the Bible that I can find that is related to the word stranger is in the form of the word alien, which means they were not born here. And so uh, if they happen to die here, they die in a strange land. Because they're not dying 
in the land of their nativity. And in some cases, they don't want to be. Uh, Ruth was perfectly content in staying with, uh, with Naomi and the Jewish people. And if they were blessed, then she would be blessed. If they were cursed, she would be cursed with them. But she was going to stay right with those people and not, not stray away. And so God blessed the house of Ruth. He blessed the house of, of Boaz, who was the kinsman redeemer. Two generations later, you've got King David. And several generations after him, you have King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Woo! Amen. But you see, strangers, in fact, we've got the word stranger there. Let me add a, add a word, alien, asterisk. Okay? In the same verse, we have, uh, oh, look here, Job 19.15. They that dwell in mine house and my maids count me for a stranger. I am an alien in their sight. Psalm 69. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. Isaiah 61.5. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Uh, Lamentations, our inheritance is turned to strangers, our houses to aliens. If he, even in the New Testament, uh, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So, we go back here. Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after what's another word biblically that we could establish in that place other than strange. What is it? What would it be? Hmm... Alien. See, Sodom and Gomorrah is not just a story that whose ending is already complete and there's no sense in ever going back and trying to get something out of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's already been done. It's already passed. It's over with. You don't have to worry about it. It's going to happen again. And God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and, it, and its neighboring cities with a great fire. And fire coming down from heaven. And along with that, you're going to have people giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. I wonder who that could be. Hmm. See, now maybe, maybe something in your mind is clicking. Something is making sense. 
Okay? Just maybe it is. In fact, here's what you could do. Um, you could, every place in the Bible where you see stranger or strangers or strange, you could substitute the word alien. See what you come up with. Okay? Uh, uh, listen, I'm not for altering the Bible. I am not admonishing you or encouraging you to alter the text of the Bible. I'm simply saying that the Bible makes it clear that if it is one, then it is the other. If it's strange, it's alien. If it's alien, it's strange. Okay? All right, move, moving on. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Isaiah 13. In Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellencies shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at there. The destruction of Babylon is a uh, picture of how God destroyed uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. God's going to do it that way. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation, neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. But wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures. They whine and cry and moan and everything else. Um, and owls shall dwell there and satyrs shall dance there. The wild beasts of the island shall cry in their desolate houses and dragons in their pleasant palaces. And her time is, come, is near to come and her days shall not be prolonged. Deuteronomy 29, 23. And that whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning that it is not sown nor beareth any grass it groweth therein like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah Adma and Zeboam which the Lord overthrew and his, notice that it's four cities two, three, four that tells you that it's a it's a picture of the destruction uh, in the last days of the fourth kingdom. That's, that's what I see in that. The four cities would represent the fourth kingdom. Now, in verse 24, even all nations shall say, Wherefore hath the Lord done unto this, unto this land? What meaneth the heat of this great anger? Then men shall say, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. For they went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods whom they knew not and whom he had not given unto them. People, you need to be careful about the gods that you serve. You need to be careful about the covetousness, which is idolatry. 
You need to watch out for that. It will, it will get you in trouble. It'll catch up to you one of these days. Deuteronomy 32, verse 1, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. Look at that. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. Aren't you glad? Now, think of this contrast. God, God sends down his doctrine. He said he sends it like the gentle rain. Like the, like the showers that just come down. Uh, here in the Midwest, um, we've been experiencing a, a, a tremendous drought. Um, and it's caused all the rivers to drop severely. But here in the last few days, we started getting some of that back so that Joachim, Merrimack, Big River, St. Francis River, all of which feed the Quiver River. <laughs> that's, that's how it's called, Quiver River. Um, all feed into the Mississippi River. The Mississippi River is rising up, but not much. Because most of the water is being soaked into the ground pretty deep. But that's how we need it. We need it all, we need it slow and gentle. Not all coming down all at once. All that does is wash everything away. And God says, His doctrine shall drop as the rain. What you don't know today, people, don't fret. God's not angry at you and he's not saying I ain't telling you nothing what he's doing is he's just giving you drops at a time drops at a time and in that you should you should rejoice and say God thank you for giving me drops of rain okay the sound of abundance of rain well I like I like stories like that uh, but anyway, so think of the opposite. If God's doctrine comes down from heaven in the form of rain, what about Satan's doctrine? His doctrine of devils that he has. Um, the evil, evil uh, devils that are all going to get kicked out of heaven all at once. You think they're going to gently come down to the earth? No, they're going to fall down hard and, and, and just blast the earth with, with their coming. It's going to be different. But still and yet, they're going to bring with them the spirit that they have to give to mankind. 
Psalm 72, 6, he shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish. It means we'll grow flowers. An abundance of peace as long as the moon endureth. Isaiah 55, 10, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give his seed to the sower and uh, bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing according whereunto I sent it. Hebrews 6, For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, or herbs, Either way, bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. Woo! It's just going to be a, a blessing rain. It's going to fill the troughs. It's going to fill the water pots. It's enough to where you could go outside with a bar of soap and wash yourself off. And stand there and let the rain wash all that soap off of you. You come back in the house and boy, you smell good. Amen. That kind of rain is the rain that God sends forth to his churches. He sends his doctrine to them little by little. Like, like the rain, here a little, there a little. That's how God does it. Um, Hosea 6.3, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain upon the earth. Ooh. Uh, Hosea 10, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. What does that mean? What does fallow ground mean? Untended land. In other words, it's a parcel of land where it's never you you've never planted anything on it. You own it. You've never planted anything on it. Um, and because of that, you're going to get all kinds of brambles, different kinds of brush out there. Um, you're going to get uh, thorns and thistles, what we used to call sticker bushes when I was a kid. Uh, you're going to get uh, what we used to call beggar lice, cockleburrs, where they, they just grow and they stick to your britches leg. Oh, I hate them things. But anyway, that ground is hard as a rock. And you take a team of mules out there or whatever and, and try to get them out there and try to get them to, to plow that up, and they can't do it takes a long time to break up that fallow ground. 
Okay, that's what will happen. Um, let's see here. Where were we? Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. People, God is always there ready to talk to you. But I want you to notice what he says here. So to yourselves in righteousness, you do it. You break up your fallow ground. You do it. Well, I thought God was going to do miracles. Yeah, he's going to do miracles. But you're the one that let the ground go fallow. You're the one that didn't sow anything there. You're the one that didn't, didn't break it up all of these years. Now you got a mess on your hands. And it's like God is saying to us, I'm going to make you clean up the mess. Why? So you'll know the next time not to make that mess to begin with. Oh. Okay. Okay, I, could, I understand that. Zechariah 10, ask ye of the, of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Uh, let's see here. I want to get past this. Let's see here. Um uh, let's see here. Second Kings. Yeah. Ezekiel 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let, let me do this. Uh, in fact, let's, let me, let me, uh, let's take a break for just a second. And uh, re, if you remember last, um, last um, week we were, introduced to a, a new family that follows our ministry. Um, there's the Swagger family, and um, they said they listen to us all the time, and, and, and um, I know we're having troubles with Facebook, but I've, I've posted the, the sermon audio link where people can watch on sermon audio. And so um, let's, let's check in on the, on the Swagger family and see what it is they're listening to right now. Hang on a second here. I got the live stream pulled up, and we'll go to that, and we'll see what they're listening to. Uh, well, apparently they're Jewish. I, I didn't know that about them before. Uh, that's something. That's something interesting. That that they're they're Jewish. I could have fooled me. All right. Well, anyway, let's get back to scriptures here. Um, Ezekiel thirty-eight. Hey, my tablet just came on. Yeah. Come on. Four. There we go. See if we can get some low battery. Yeah, I got it plugged in. Yeah, it doesn't do well anymore. I think it's the battery problem. That's what I think. What do you think? There we go. All right, Ezekiel 38. God says, and I will plead against him. Gog, 
with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him, and overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. So think about it. This is the opposite of God's gentle rain coming down upon his people. God sends gentle rain down upon us so that you and I are blessed by God's blessings coming down from heaven. His doctrine, His teachings, His word. Where did every word in this book come from? Where? Did it come? Did, we, did they find it down in a pit somewhere and dig it up? No. The words of this book originally came to us from heaven. You don't believe that? Read Ezekiel uh, 2 and 3. Ezekiel sees a hand coming down from heaven. And in the hand, he's got a roll of a book. Think about it. Ezekiel is told to take the book and eat it. Ezekiel eats it. Oh, that's good. It's in his mouth like honey and butter and soft bread. And woo, it's good. He swallows it. Uh-oh. It's bitter. John, same thing. A hand with, with the angel with the book coming down from heaven. Gives it to John. John, take this. You're going to proclaim this to the entire world. John takes it. And he's told to eat a bite of it. He eats a bite of it. It's in his mouth sweet as honey. Same idea. But then the devil's reign is different. It comes down as a torrential rain, an overflowing rain. Great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Well, you see that in Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 8. And the trumpet, the beginning of the trumpet judgments. Whew. I would not want to be around when that takes place. And maybe, maybe it's through that fiery trial that we are brought through and then meet Jesus in the air. Hello, wake up here. Psalm 11, Psalm eleven six. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares. Think about that. Fire and brimstone. And in a horrible tempest, this shall be the portion of their cup. See, God knows how to do this, people. You, if you worry and wonder and are scared of what you might have to go through in the latter days. Let me remind you, our God has been in the saving business for 6,000 years. He's never, ever lost a soul. Never. 
You know, there were souls that just simply didn't want to go. But that's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. So upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and in a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. They're the ones who chose the cup to drink out of. Psalm 105, 32, he gave them hail for rain and flaming, notice this phrase, flaming fire in their land. That should get one of these. Flaming fire in their land. What in the world could he mean by flaming fire that he gives to people? He's going to give them hail, and I believe that's burning hail, flaming fire in their land. Okay? Um, in Exodus 9, Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven. And the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire, uh, and, and the fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail. That's what we saw there in Psalm 105. Upon the land of Egypt, so there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there were, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt and all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail smote every herb of the field and brake every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Did not, did not God tell you that he wasn't going to let that fire approach you, touch you, burn you in any way. Only with our eyes shall we see the punishment of the wicked. And I believe that we are going to see people being punished for their sins. And we will be rejoicing, not over them, but rejoicing in that God found us because of Christ to be worthy. Amen and amen. Uh, Revelation 8. Oh man, now I'm running out of battery on my phone. Hang on, people. That's more important, eh? There we go. Let's see if I can get this set up for you. All right. Uh, Revelation 8. Notice what happens here. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. third part of the trees was burned up, and all the green grass burned up. And on the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast. Notice the fire here. Fire, fire, fire. 
They cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. The third part of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third a part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters and the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Joel chapter 2, look at this. Uh, we'll just, Joel chapter 2 verse 3, a fire devoureth before them and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Isaiah 13, I have that there. I wrote that there several years ago. Isaiah 34, Isaiah 13. The way God describes Babylon and what's going to happen to it is he's going to make it a wilderness. It's going to be not inhabited by any man. You're not going to be able to live there. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. Nothing. Go ahead. Spend $80,000 on a new underground bunker. You see, I think that that would be cool to have one of those bunkers that I've seen on the Internet. I mean, that would be neat for about a week. It would be okay for about a week. And then you'd be like scratching each other's eyeballs out. Because you're cooped up in this place. Nuclear bomb or just fire from heaven has fallen down and you know it's not safe out there. You can't go out there. You'll get burned up. So now you're cooped up in one of these $80,000 bomb shelters that you bought. But you got plenty of food. Food's not the problem. Water's not the problem. You got a generator, generate electricity. You've got plenty of diesel fuel for that. You, you can live for years under there. But you won't. You won't. There's only, there's only so many times you can play Monopoly and Yahtzee and cards. It's, it's we weren't made to thrive in an environment like that, people. Nothing shall escape them. Nothing will. Uh, Revelation 13, 13. He doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. What is that? Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone. Psalm 105. He gave them hail for rain. And flaming fire in their land. Flaming fire. That's, we saw that earlier. What is that flaming fire? Uh, we already saw that. A fire devoureth before them, behind them a flame burneth. You know what? There's a verse that for some reason I'm not seeing. I want to pull it up here real quick. Flaming fire. There we go. Psalm 104, verse 4. Who maketh his angel spirits, his ministers, a flaming fire. Now watch this. Um, 
In Psalm 105, he gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. When we look at what flaming fire is, flaming fire is his angels, his ministers. They are the flaming fire that rains down from heaven in judgment over all the people of the earth whom God has uh, set aside to be judged, to be tormented, to be destroyed. So, if I were to bring all of this to, to what I believe to be a, its logical conclusion... We know that God, two things. We know that God is going to rain fire, brimstone, down on the earth again. We know he is. Um, we also know that the literal material the substance that God has made angels, spirits, good and bad, out of is flaming fire. So, A plus B equals uh-oh, A, angels are made of flaming fire. B, God said he was going to send to the earth flaming fire that shall not be quenched to the earth. So C then would equal what? Are you following me? It would equal um, when God sends this fiery flame down on the earth, this flaming fire. I believe is when Satan, the dragon, the devil, the serpent, loses his war in heaven and is cast both he and his angels with him, which are a third of the angelic realm, God is going to cast them down to the earth. So what, what would happen when... God does that. What would happen on those days? Um, I want us to look at... Uh, let's see here. 
No, that's the wrong one. There we go. Let's look at... We go to First Peter. Twice in First Peter, we are told that we are going to endure a time where it's called a fiery trial. I'm trying to find it here. Here we go. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I'm going to ask you a very important question. Whose power and control is your salvation in? Who's in charge of that? Is it you? Is it God? It's God. We are kept by the power of God through faith. Faith is our part. God keeping us is his part. Keep your faith, people. Keep trusting God's word. Read it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Act upon it. Share it with others. What a joy you'll get from that. Kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. See, there is a mighty salvation that God's going to do at the last days. Now, he's already saved us. We have, we have yet to receive it um, condition. We, we, have, we have the promise of it. The fulfillment of it is going to come soon, if that makes sense. So here, uh, we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Kept by the power of God. The trial of our faith, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory. When? At the appearing of Jesus Christ. At the appearing of Jesus Christ, I promise you, all of us are going to go, whoop! Woohoo! Amen! I, I promise you that. No greater thing would ever ever happen to you than to be alive and remaining unto that day having been brought through the fire and the Lord appears in the air and we go hallelujah amen I think the earth I think the earth would break in half almost 
with the sound of God's people shouting with a great shout. Now, uh, back at the ranch, chapter 4. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, that's the rapture, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Man, look at that. I tell you what, that just makes me want to, that, that makes me want to shout. Uh, that makes me want to, uh, let's see if, let's see if the uh, swaggers are joining in with us and shouting here. Hang on here. Hang on. Here they are. What? That's all we get out of them? Maybe, maybe next week we'll catch them, I don't know, worshiping the Lord, I guess. Maybe they were just having an off day or whatever. Anyway, oh, listen, <clears throat> going to go up and see my granddaughter. Uh, yeah, I want you to pray for her. Um, it's Michaela, and um, could be serious. So, listen, this family, uh, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say my family, and I'm not, it's not that I don't care about any other family. I do. Families in our church, they go through some wild stuff. And I believe it's because they, as Paul said, they've addicted themselves to our ministry. Um, and... In my family, we have taken so many hits. It's not not even funny. So um, pray for my family. Pray for Michael and Alicia, Michaela. Um, Michael's mother is over here from Kenya. We call her Mama Michael. That's a traditional greeting. We call her Mama and then after you name her after the firstborn child, so Lisa would be Mama Lindsay, the mama of Lindsay, because Lindsay's our firstborn. So, anyway, uh, just pray for all of us, appreciate that. Pray for us, uh, we're going to do a feeding uh, this month, and uh, just pray for us that God will bless. Uh, so we can feed as many people as we possibly can for Christmas. Uh, we'd like to give out some gifts uh, to some of the children for Christmas as well. Uh, that means so much to them. You, when I tell you people they don't have anything, they don't have anything. And we throw stuff away. So pray for them, okay? Pray for them. Pray for me. 
Pray for us. You're the, you're, you're the reason why we do what we do. So we'll continue to do it as long as the Lord says do it. We're going to do it. All right? God bless you. I love you. We will see you next time.